Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, good Friday morning. This is Off the Bench, but not with Tom Brenneman. I'm Reed Mouse, as you can see on the chat pariah today. Boy, oh boy, do we have a show planned for you. We didn't play very far. But we're going to have fun, guys. It's going to be box lunch style. We're just going to debate this whole time. Just If you have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Just a reminder, there is no chat power rankings today. It is chatterbox personnel rankings today. So it's up to you guys to figure out how you want to do that. Whether it's a DM to Paul and we can get a graphic for it. It is Mouse Cop selecting today since he is the chat power rankings number one. But we've got... Jacob, we've got Paul, we've got Elliot. Guys, how are you on this pleasant Friday morning as Trace sticks his head in? I'm phenomenal. What's going on at the door? <laughs> Those are, they might be in the F-150. I don't know. So, I really don't know. I would check downstairs for powers. You know what powers they are. There, There's definitely some in the trailer out in Trenton. Not good. That's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I didn't even hear your answer. We're doing all right on this Friday. We got a big Friday today. We're doing great. We're doing great. So on the docket today, we got Xavier playing at one. We do. Xavier, we Xavier at one, playing Oregon. Oregon doesn't have their best pitcher, so we'll see if the Musketeers can pull one off, set themselves up for Vandy tomorrow night. I feel good. I feel good. You I should feel good. feel good. I feel good. Five o'clock game tonight, Jacob and Paul. Elliot, you're not going to the, the Reds game tonight, are you? I am not. I am not, unfortunately. We'll be, we'll be going elsewhere. Where are you going, Elliot? On I'll, we're, we'll be going to a bar. I'll be going to a bar to watch the Reds game, actually. Where but are you going? We, it's, do we give free plugs here? Yes. We give free plugs here. Okay. Sure. Well, I'll be going to uh, Champions on the west side of Cincinnati. Oh! Uh, Billy O'Connor special! That's his dad. Yes, that <laughs> that is. His dad owns yes, that, that is. bar. Yeah. Yes, that is. Look at you supporting Xavier. Let's go. Well, it is a Xavier bar. It is a Xavier bar, but I am a UC fan, so. So you're supporting Xavier? Yeah, they still have all my money. Okay. They take it all. Champions. Love Champions. It's a great What place. part of town is that? Like, what, like, Specifically on the west side, like where where am I going to get mm. the champions? Not great with areas. Let's see, <laughs> let's see. I think it's on. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. All I, right, hold Good. on, hold on. I, I got to think of it. Somebody else talk. Hold on, I'll think of it. Okay, All right. Jacob, are you excited for the game tonight? Yeah, I'm stoked. I can't wait. Are you a Zach Brown fan? This will be the seventh time I've seen them in concert. So yes, I am. Whoa. Seventh. So seventh. That's absurd. Four in Cincinnati, one in Indianapolis, one in Louisville. One in Atlanta, and then this one tonight. Everett Henry throws in a dry dock nation. He's from Millville, and that is a Millville special. I went into the dry dock when I was 18 years old. No, without a doubt, I was in there when I was in high school. So if that's what kind of place you're talking about, there's an old fable. So there's a bunch of workplaces right there, right by the dry dock, and they used to talk about how people that would be working the night shift – would get off the night shift at 7 a.m. Whenever, whenever you get off the night shift and go straight to the dry dock, take a drink a beer, take a shot, and go home. And I was like, man, 7 a.m. just ripping the day right then and there, getting getting some good shut eye after that that long night. But the dry dock, that's a that's a great saloon. You know, I'm not a big Zach Brown fan, but as you guys know, I'm a huge Zach Bryan fan. 
And multiple times, you tell your phone, you tell Alexa, you're sitting at home like, hey, Alexa, play Zach Bryan. And immediately like, playing Chicken Fried by Zach Brown Band every single time. And it's so frustrating. Or when I tell people, hey, I'm going to go to the Zach Bryan fan. Zach Bryan concert, they're like, oh my God, yeah. I like my chicken fried. They immediately <laughs> bounce into that song so often. But Paul, first time seeing Zach Brown, man? Uh, it is going to be my fourth time, I think. Third time. I seen him. Uh, I saw him their first time they played it. Third time. Saw him they played it Great American when they did the, the whole concert. There was no, it wasn't a post game thing. It was, it was a regular main concert. Then I saw him at Riverbend last year. Now this. So, third time. Is this a full concert, or is this going to be one of those things yeah. that's like a half concert, and then they leave ten song, or five no, songs in? No, it's a real concert. I don't know if they're going to do – they said it's a full set. Okay. They said it's, it's a full, full set. set. I, I don't it's know probably how – Probably 90 minutes. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do the stage. Because okay. what, well, what I was thinking was because they're doing fireworks, too. I mean, it is a yeah. full night. Of, if you get <laughs> – you, you got your money's worth on the ticket. What I don't know is I guess they're going to – I guess what they're going to do is do the uh, – like the game, then the show, then the fireworks? Because you can't do the fireworks no. at 8 o'clock. Well, I was thinking they do the fireworks in between while they're setting up the stage. It's daytime fireworks. Sun doesn't go down until like 9.45 around here. That would yeah, – I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they would do. I, it would have to be after. It would almost certainly have to be after. Well, like, so here's the, here's the thing. The game's at 5. Yeah. It's done presumably 7.30-ish. 7.30, somewhere between 7. They got to set up the stage. How long is that going to take? Yeah, that's gonna, probably a while. The concert's probably not even going to start to what nine. So I went to the uh, Jake Owen post game show a couple of years ago, and it didn't start quite as early. It didn't start at five. I think it was a normal time game, but they did the fireworks as they set up the stage. Oh, stage was set up after the fireworks ended. Jake and was that was that a full set? It was a full set. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was an hour and a half, which I think is the same thing. Uh, yeah, I was at night. I was at that too. I don't, but that was later. So they did the fire, it, but it, it was, was dark. It was a later. The game start. ends at seven thirty or eight o'clock tonight. They're not going to do the fireworks in the yeah, day. Yeah, straight, straight. Is everyone dinner. just going to sit in silence as they set up the stage? Yeah, I they got to yeah, they entertain you in some way. Kind of weird. How does Serboy Wonder know that it's going to take forty-five minutes to set up the stage? That's what the Reds <laughs> sent me yesterday. Uh, I got an email too. I didn't read it though, Serboy. So you're better than me. Man, you're just getting ready to dish on dish on Serboy. Maybe he put you right in his place. Well, I know. I was wondering how he had the connections, but. I, I think I got that email, too. They uh, they can't stop selling beers in the eighth inning with a concert after the game, right? No, no. No, no, that, no. That's no, my only worry. No, no. no they'll, be, they'll be selling till, till, till chicken fried. That's, that's all I want to hear. Yeah, I imagine at least. You guys going to get the garden bar? Oh, yeah. $5 pregame? By the way, shout out to Casey McAllister for noticing that I'm wearing Reds colors. That, that was an active thought today. Reds are playing well, guys. I know they got the loss yesterday. Kevin Herger, you guys watched the game last night? Yeah, I did, for sure. Take me through your mental state when Kevin Herger so, gets the call. I, I, got, I caught the last probably three innings of the game. Um, when they cut to the bullpen and it was Kevin Herger warming up next to Alexis Diaz, I turned to my mom and I said, that's the two furthest apart relievers we could possibly have. Mm. If we bring in Kevin Herger, I have no faith. Mm. And then, you know, Kevin Herger walks out there and – I fire off a couple tweets about bringing Kevin Hergett into the game. And then I realized, you know, we've used a lot of relievers in the last five right. games. There was a lot of, you know, arms that thrown more pitches than they're used to. Got the Brewers coming into town. 
don't hate the move in hindsight. You know, keep Alexis Diaz healthy for these next couple games. Yeah, it's a long series, right? I mean, for sure. playing consecutively, the fact that they're playing up in Boston immediately turn around and, and come here and play today at five is is quite the feat. Just keeping it rolling. Haven't had a day. Well, I guess they had Monday off was their day off. But still, you gotta, you've got a long trip. you got to keep those arms healthy. You know, a lot was to do about Hunter Green, who had another great performance yesterday. Went six innings, and people consistently are talking about his pitch count, which needs to be brought down, right? He throws way too many pitches. He goes too deep into counts. I think when they played the Cubs last Friday, I walked in here because we were watching it in the in the studio. Justin Steele had given up two runs, faced seven batters, allowed four base runners, and threw fewer pitches than Hunter Green, who... I believe struck out the side and only allowed one base runner through fewer pitches in that first inning. So that is a problem going forward with Hunter Green. But I got to pose the question to you guys as Reds fans. Is Hunter Green for five innings better than any other arm you got going for six? I'm, 100% for me it is. Yeah, I'm ecstatic with Hunter Green as our ace. I mean, I couldn't be happier. He's striking out in those last nine innings pitch. He struck out 18 batters. Like, granted, you'd like that to be in one game, but he went 5.1 and four innings against the Mets and the Rockies, and everyone was tearing him apart, asking him to go. He needs to go longer. He needs right. to go longer. Then he, he went finally seven, got six. seven, six, six in his last right. two games. He's 23 years old. It's not right. like he's this, you know, he, he probably shouldn't even be up yet if you're looking at most starting pitchers. He's 23 years old, and this is his second season. Like, he's showing great signs of improvement. Basically every start. I don't know. I'm very happy with where Hunter Green is right now. If you can go around Major League Baseball and ask all the general managers, they can pluck one young arm, you know, one guy under 25 years, 26 years, from any team. Hunter Green isn't the number one. It's probably, I mean, obviously Spencer Strider or something along that. But Hunter Green's on the short list. Especially with the contract he has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Correct. Like there's, like he's, there's not five more pitchers than Hunter Green that you're taking before him. And there's a lot of talk, you know, we got Nicola Dolo, we got Graham Ashcraft, we got all these players. We, oh man, oh man. <laughs> we as in the city of Cincinnati, not we as in the Reds fan base. There's a lot of talk about who's the best. If I had you guys have to ask you this right now, if you could marry one of the big three, it's clearly Hunter Green, right? Like if, if you had to get rid of two other ones and you got and you got to keep one, are you I, taking Hunter Green, taking Nick Lodolo, taking Graham Ashcraft? I'm taking Hunter Green, but I think Nick Lodolo's injury this year has created a gap in the mind of Reds fans that is much larger than reality. Nick Lodolo is every bit as good as Hunter Green as a pitcher, I think. Mm -hmm. These last two years, or last year, when he was up, he might have been better on a, on a consistent basis. I right. Mean, Hunter Green's peaks are maybe the best in the league, but Nick Lodolo's a consistent piece. So I think the gap's a little closer than you think just because of the injury, but I would, I would definitely take Hunter Green. Hunter Green has been the most consistent starter we've had, without question. And, I, you no know, you look at Lodolo, obviously injured, but he had like a 6-5 ERA. Ashcraft has gone in the tank. He's certainly our most reliable arm starting-wise, which has been our issue, outside of Dream Weaver, Luke Weaver, who might be the best, worst pitcher in the history of the sport. I think, I, I, I mean, I, I think I would go to bat for Hunter Green every day of the week over, over the other two starters, of the big three. One thing that we, we often talk about Hunter Green's youth, right? He's younger. He's a couple years younger than both Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft and Nick Lodolo have had more prominence. Hunter Green was drafted out of high school. And that is one of the major determining factors for a young talent is 
college or high school. There's there was a push, you know, about 20 years ago. It was 50-50 in that first round. High school talent versus college talent. It's overwhelming majority college talent now because teams have realized those three, four years that you get against higher level talent gives you a window into whether or not these players are going to be good. It lets you understand whether or not what you truly have here, if it's just talent or if you have a game or two. Now, Hunter Green hasn't had that luxury. His talent was so overwhelming that he had to be taken in the first round. And still, it feels like, though he's not as polished as Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft at the time, which is why you get the college guys, his talent sees through. He is so much more talented than almost every arm in the league that they truly have something here. And you're going to see some polishing with Hunter Green. And who knows? Maybe in six, seven years down the line, he turns into a bullpen arm. I don't know, because he has that skill set. But for right now, and I know he's gone longer over his past three outings, five innings of Hunter Green is better than six innings of anybody else. He's that good. Now, you're going to ask a little bit more out of the bullpen, but the bullpen has been better. Struggled last night with Kevin Herger, given you know, six runs in the eighth inning, but that was, you know, you're going to lose a game. You can't win them all. It just seems so clear to me that Hunter Green is the best out of the three. And there's a reason that he got locked up. There's a reason that he's the ace. It, You're seeing it in real time. That it seems like almost whenever somebody says, I want Nick Lodola more, I want Graham Ashcraft more, it seems like they're just trying to be a contrarian. Because what we're seeing is that Hunter Green is the best. He's just got a couple flaws to get through. He gets hit hard sometimes and he throws too many pitches. But even when he gets hard... You know, giving up a double, he has that ability to strike out the next two guys and not allow a round run coming in. Yeah, for my money, from an outsider's perspective, Hunter Green's the guy. If you can marry any of them, it's Hunter Green. Paul, working hard on the producing table over there. How, how's it going? Well, I uh, I was trying to get a different <laughs> thumbnail in there so that people didn't think that uh, I, I wanted to give you your credit. So we got a different thumbnail in there, and uh, everything's looking good. It sounds like people can hear us, and w the thing is on. We're live. It sounded like they could hear you too much. Well, that one guy that – he's got something out for me. He doesn't like me. I don't know who that guy <laughs> who is. Who is it? He's new in the chat. Blackmore? Yeah. He's new in the chat. Not a fan. That's fine. Not everybody has to be. Uh, the chat power rankings. So it was supposed to be – we flipped it on its head today, and it was supposed to be a uh, – Chatterbox rankings. The Chatterbox, the personnel rankings. So Mouse Cop is in charge of that, but he said because you were hosting, he hopped out of the chat. We haven't seen him since. So <laughs> uh, so I, so I, everybody's got to figure out however they want to do the personnel rankings because we are not ranking the chat today. We are not? We're not ranking the chat today. So who does do, – do we turn it over to Sir Boy Wonder if Mouse Cop – because we have to put a deadline here on Mouse Cop to get back in the chat and – and uh, fi and figure things out. So I'm going to say, let's say, how long are we going today? As long as the show is. <laughs> let's, let's, not, uh, let's not put a limit on us. Okay, here. so let's say 1045. We have, oh, there's Mouse Cop. Cut that down. Give him until 1030. No, no, he's here. Oh, okay. All right, so Mouse Cop, uh, I don't know how you want to get me the list or if you all want to, like, debate in the chat and then figure it out. But let's see if uh, – Let's see if you guys can get me a list by 
1050. 10.50. 10.50. Try and get me a try and get me a chatterbox personnel list by 10.50. However you want to get it to me. Mousecop, you can DM it to me if you want. I know you know how to do that. We we, can, we all know your Twitter account. We Mouse all Cop. know your Twitter account, Mousecop. <laughs> so if you can you can DM it to me if you want. We all know we all know where you're at. Um, Nick Kirby actually puts in there for what it, for your information. Green is averaging 5.2 innings pitch per start. The MLB average is 5.1, so he's slightly better than the MLB average. I would hope that your ace and one of the most talented arms in the league is at least slightly above average, which is where it is. So it's still a problem. That doesn't that doesn't solve the problem just because he's slightly above average. You want more out of him, but like I'm. I'm Champion Hunter Green here. Yeah. I have one other thing, one other little piece of administration here. Uh, I put Casey's registry in the chat. Casey is in here, but I put his registry in the chat. His wedding is tomorrow, so if anybody wants to be nice to Casey and and buy him anything or send him anything, uh, I know the chat has been very supportive of Casey and his wedding endeavors up to this point. So felt like I should put that in there. So the link is bookmarked in the chat. The next time Casey is on this show. He'll be a betrothed man, which is mm. over a week. It's tomorrow, Paul. Who's got Who's going to boogie more, you or me? Mm. I feel like you're I feel like you're a wedding dancer, Paul. I feel like you get down on the dance floor. Yeah, I uh <laughs> I, I'm liable to make myself look kind of stupid at some points, yeah. Paul looks like he uses the stanky leg. Do you use the stanky mm. leg, Paul? I, I'm not I'm not gonna say I don't. Okay. All right. What do you do? What's your I do train. What's your dance move? I do choice? the I do the grocery shop. You know, it's it's a little bit of that. Yeah. It's a little bit of that. You see that? Right. Yeah. That's my go-to. That's my go-to. And we'll see. Uh, it well, it depends on the alcohol is flowing too. So you know, it are, will you guys be drinking at this wedding? We will be. It is an outdoor wedding. Okay. It's gonna be 90 degrees. There there will be a lot of drinks consumed. Okay. Yeah, so but you'll sweat it off. So that's good. You'll sweat out kind of the alcohol, so there's that more alcohol. That is true. We will keep a nice even keel. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we'll we'll see what my drink consumption may depend on uh, Xavier baseball's result because I may be, okay. I may be driving straight okay. to Nashville straight <laughs> from this wedding. Mm. Maybe losing. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, me and Mariano were talking about the the car situation. We don't we don't quite know what we're gonna do tomorrow. All right, so that was. What happened yesterday with the Reds game and what we're going to talk about, Kevin, Kevin or Hunter Green, rather. Um, you guys were telling me something. I was not on Twitter a whole lot yesterday. Um, was driving to Evansville and back. Got there. Dropped off what needed to be dropped off. Driven on back as the great company man that I am. You guys were letting me know about the C. Trent Rosecran Kirk Herbstreet little spat that happened on Twitter. I don't know if the chat saw this, but for someone who didn't, please... Explain it to me like I'm five. I love the lower third that you have going here. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so apparently, so C. Trent or uh, Ken Ken Rosenthal tweeted out something basically, or like, let's trade India. You can't be afraid to trade India. And then C. Trent basically backed it up. And then and then uh, Herb Street came after C. Trent. I have the uh, I have the uh, tweet. There we go. I'll fix the graphic. Sorry, sorry, everybody. If you have a tweet, you can DM it to me, and I'll pull it up on okay. the screen. Okay. All right. So we'll send me the DM. Okay. And I will produce the heck out of this look onto at, the show. Look at this. Uh-oh. Here we go. Silence. Silence. There it is. <laughs> Paulie Fritz. There the he is. are open. There he is. First DM to Paul. Sliding into Paul's DMs. Not the first to do I that. I love how Paul. we do this all live. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So here we go. So keep going. So okay. Keep, keep All right. So, so Kirk basically insulted C. Trent. He was going on a rant about how he's this diehard Reds fan. And he didn't know anything. He called Matt McClain, Matt McCain on this, on this video he made. Good. And, he, and then he came out with this tweet to C. Trent. And he said, never told you how to do your job. I don't even know who you are. I'm a fan who loves his team and you're a troll looking for attention. Hustle back to creating clicks and causing trouble. Mm. 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 So he didn't know who C. Trent was? No, he did not. He pulled the Conor McGregor DM to Draymond Green on him. I don't even know who you are. Which is crazy. If you're going to call yourself a Reds fan and you don't pronounce Matt McClain's name right, and then you're going off like their number wow. one reporter, going to be a tough look for you. So there's the tweet. Herbie. Herbie, what are you doing, dude? How do you not know who C. Trent is if, he's your, if, he, if that's your team? Yeah, it's tough. I don't, I don't understand. And then Herb Street's going to keep going on about how he's the biggest Reds fan in the world and he loves the team. But I mean, so here was the original. All right, play it for me so I can. Oh. Hey, it's two minutes. I don't, I don't need two minutes. Get into a lot of arguments on Twitter, but I, I just read, you know, the, the, that article and it, it just kind of, here's a team that's finally, finally showing a pulse and, and showing a little bit of grit, which is really what they need to compete with these bigger uh, markets, and. I'm just picturing Jonathan India at his, at his locker, and all of a sudden he gets asked questions about what are they going to do when they bring Ella de, de la Cruz up, and you know they're going to end up having to move you, and it just kind of infuriated me that that uh, we're, we're contemplating that when this team is finally playing competitive baseball, and it looks like they're almost starting to kind of kind of gel. And this is just a couple weeks after the Yankees came through Cincinnati and just you know went like that, get out of the way. Here in Cincinnati, and and uh, on the back end of that, they're starting to kind of almost form an identity. And I think India is right in the middle of that, is really kind of the leader of this team. So what would you do? I know you explained it a little bit on Twitter. So you take Ellie, you put him in the outfield. I I, I put him in third. I put him in the outfield. I, I there's got to be room for all these guys, right? I mean, you're you're talking about a team that didn't have anybody other than Joey Votto for a number of years. And all of a sudden you get a guy like Spencer Steer, who's a third base guy and can really play around. And they got him over at first right now because of Votto. Um, and I don't know if that's his future or not. Uh, they moved Nick Senzel, who came up as an infielder. They moved him to the outfield. Now they move him back to third base because of some of these injuries that they've been dealing with. Yeah, whatever. It, it, right, I don't. We're out of here. All right. So... People are posing. Some people are saying that they agree with uh, with Herbie's take. Some people are disagreeing with Herbie's take. So obviously he's wrong in a couple of of, of manners. He didn't pronounce Matt McLean's name right. Uh, he didn't know that Ellie De La Cruz has played around correct, and he didn't know who C. Trent Rosecrans is. Now, does all the the misinformation that he provides sour his take in that? You know, keeping these guys, you know, the, the base of his take. And Jacob, can you expect anything less from a guy who sends his kid to St. X? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I saw that one coming. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like to defend Herb Street, but it's tough when, uh, you know, when he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. I, I say it all the time. You see it more in the NFL than you do any, any other sport with, with, you know, the fans on, on Twitter trying to take, you know, an insider role, you know, trying to be right. their, their reporter. Um, my, my thing on Herb Street is if, if you don't know, just say you don't know. Just be a fan. Root for your team. They're playing right. well. It's fun to watch. Just, just be a fan. 
Like, he talks football, and he talks football well. He doesn't need to talk baseball. Like, just go back in your little corner, wait till college football kicks off, do game day, have fun, chill out on the Reds. You obviously don't know anything about the team. Mm. And this was also a double it's down. The, the initial take is not yeah. technically wrong. He's, he basically said, you know, we don't need to trade India. We can keep all these guys together, which is true. I don't think you should trade Jonathan India as of this moment. But he doubled down, insulted C. Trent, and now he looks horrible. Looks absolutely horrible. That's what I don't understand here. And Trace and I were talking about this yesterday. When you get into a situation where you realize you're wrong, you go. You, you, there are two streets you can you can go down. It's the there's a fork in the road. Yep. And you can either go down the one path where you acknowledge, take a bit of humility. Yeah, you're, you can. You're gonna take you you acknowledge that maybe not necessarily that you were wrong, but maybe that you you just weren't really informed on everything up. you needed to be informed. Yeah, you're on. saying I messed up. Yeah. And then there's the other side of it where you get defensive. And as human beings, you get defensive. Like yep. if, if somebody doesn't like you, you get defensive and you lash out. If somebody insults you, you get defensive. Some people's defense mechanisms is to do something like this, which I don't agree with and probably wouldn't have done. And especially because then when you do it, you have to make sure if you're going to get defensive that you have all your ducks in a row. Your ducks are not in a row if you're going to say that you're a massive Reds fan and don't know who C. Trent is. Because even if you don't like him, even if you don't read him, you still see him. Yeah. He's still all over Twitter. There's only a handful of Reds beat writers, and there's only there are all significantly less amount of people who have been around the Reds and who have covered the Reds and are still with the Reds as long as he has. So to say that you're this you know diehard Reds fan who's the, one of the biggest Reds fans on the market to then not know who one of your biggest beat writers is, whether you like the guy's writing or not, that doesn't matter. That's irre irrelevant here. I, I, I still see people defending Herbie's takes, which I don't think is the point that we're trying to make. I think, you know, as with everything, there's context around things. And when you immediately discredit yourself, as Herb Street did, it discredits your takes. It does. Whether you guys think that so or not, it, it, it truly does. And I, I got to ask a question about Herb Street. Is this... Is this like kind of shocking depending on what we knew about Herbstreet? But like, I don't know. This seems incredibly out of pocket for, for Kurt Herbstreet to, to go down this, this hole. Does, does this surprise any of you guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, Grant, I could be off base here, but I feel like I, I haven't even seen Kirk Herbstreet be this massive Reds fan until this year, maybe at the back end of last year. He's tweeting I, about the Reds every game, win or lose. I, I don't know. I feel like this seems. I feel like he was a. Uh, I feel like he was very vocal when they sold the team last year, right before the year. He yeah. was pretty vocal about that. He always he, popped up in big moments. Right. Is he a Bengals fan? Uh, not, he's on Dayton, so I don't. I don't know. He calls NFL games, so I don't know if he's even allowed to say. If he's he, well, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. What, did he play in the NFL at all? Did he? Did he at least make a team? I'm looking him up mm. right now. No, he played in college. I don't. Well, know I, I know. He, yeah, I know he played for the Buckeyes. Someone let me know if he if he ever made it into the NFL, at least in some capacity. But I don't know. I'm going to ask the same question to you guys. Does Is this surprising to see Kirk Herbstreet go down this this road? I think it's surprising. I, I don't know why, if you're going to call yourself a Reds fan and then you attack the Reds' Twitter community. I, I, I don't get it. I don't think he's ever done anything like this, like you said. I don't, you know, he's a pretty prominent figure in sports media, I'd say. 
And for him to go start this little Twitter spat with C. Trent is strange. It's very, very strange. And again, you're insulting, you're insulting the, the team that you profess to love. It does, it, I don't get it. Right. There's no, it's, it's, a, it's a lose-lose for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. just loses. It is, it's just bizarre. Yeah. It's like you don't need this. It's very weird. It's a very weird thing going on. I don't know why. He he interjected himself, and then he was wrong, which is what makes it weird, and it feels out of pocket for his care. Yeah, well, it feels like like when when people get defensive and then it turns into Twitter spats, it's between fans. Correct. It's between fans who are just emotional about the team, not – well, I guess he's claiming to be a fan, but not somebody at his level that is – as well respected of a media personality as he is, one of the biggest in all, not just college football, just all yeah. sports. I mean, think about if you ask just a random person, name five sports media personalities, a lot of people would probably have yep. him on the list. So it just just feels very weird. Do you think this will spark a Reds game day? Him and C. Trent every game, <laughs> every game before the game, they travel all around, and then him and C. Trent just go at it and in debate. Mm. Pre-game, C. Trent and Kirk. Post-game, yeah. Nick Kirby and Trace Fowler. Mm. Chatterbox Sports. Chatterbox Sports. C. Trent and, and Kirby. <laughs> well, once once Chatterbox gets the the rights to the Reds broadcast, yeah. that's yeah. clearly what we're going to go oh, yeah. go for. College game days, non-compete. Can't stretch this far, right? Well, Chatterbox game day already has a little bit of a platform. Just, just switch it over to sports. <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> Chatterbox game day. Can't wait for the fall. All right, guys. Tonight, the Reds play the Brewers. They are currently three games back of the division lead. It is June the 2nd. If I told you as Reds fans, preseason, that come June 2nd, the Reds will be bringing in the division leader with a chance to tie with them if they get the sweep. You know, a chance to make headway in the division race in June 2nd. What would you guys have said if I told you that preseason? Well, last night after we lost, I was mad for roughly 10 seconds that we didn't go 6-0 and on the road trip, and then I realized there's at least a reasonable expectation that I had the Reds going 6-0 and on a road trip at the end of May, early June. And I would have never guessed we're here. I mean, I, I expected to have a little fun with this team. You know, right. Jonathan India is a fun guy. You knew Matt McClain was in the win, you know, coming up. Some, you know, some personalities on the team, but I, I didn't think we'd be in anywhere near this close to in the race this late in the year. This late in the year. It's the beginning of June. Are we teetering with, because I feel like everyone before the year, and I, I made a shtick about this a, a couple weeks ago, about how the Reds find ways to, you know, create the most pain as possible. That was the, the point of the joke, whether it's true or not. Are Reds fans setting them up because of the Reds' success, which I am pro just just giving in, right? Just just giving faith, get, giving your heart to your team, right? Don't be afraid to get hurt. Are Reds fans setting themselves up because they're three games out, because they just took five of six on a road trip to Wrigley and Fenway, and now they're three games out from the division lead? Are they setting themselves up to get hurt? I don't think so. I don't think so. We're not there yet. I would say most people understand the situation. I, I, we're not that much better than the, the, than the last place team in, 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 in the National League. So it's like, even though we are, what, three and a half games out now? I, don't, I, yeah, I, I think everybody kind of knows still. According to the standings, the Reds are equally equal distance away from 
having the division lead as they are from having the worst record in, in the National League. They're yeah. three games away from both sides. I love the National League. It's great. <laughs> it's so much fun. Well, so so taking back to, you know, the hell that was this past week and when the Cubs got swept by the Reds, after the the Cubs lost game two, people started tweeting, the Cubs now have the worst of worst record in the National League. And I was like, whoa, whoa what? <laughs> what the heck just happened? So yeah, according to what I'm seeing, it looked it's looking like it's about the equal distance apart from from taking first and being last in the National League, which is just amazing. Now, this year of Reds baseball has been so much more fun in so many ways, not only because they're competing better, not only because these young guys are coming up, but as I alluded to earlier, we're in month three. We are over a third of the season, and you're looking around, you know, when the Reds play, you're looking at other team scores. Oh, how did the Pirates do today? Or when the when the Brewers are playing, how did the Brewers do today? Did the Cubs lose? Did the Cardinals lose? You're doing scoreboard watching in June. This is the most important series that the Reds have had since, what, the last month of 2021? There's going to be fans that not only come out because of the circus that is the Zach Brown Band and Fire, Fireworks Friday, but there's going to be fans that come out all weekend. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for as a fan is that you are engaged in your team. The MLB season's long. And it's it's got its up and downs. Obviously, the Reds are riding high. But these games, win or lose, are going to cause illicit emotion. And that's a good thing. That's all you can ask for. Guys... The question, if I may, Reed, go ahead. I, interject. Thank I'm not you. Hosting. Thank you. Uh, the the question I would have, <laughs> the question I would have, is if we are still three and a half, four and a half. I don't know what the number would be at the deadline. I think that's the first of August, last day of July, something like that. If we are still competitive of that nature, do we go all in? We we're assuming Ellie De La Cruz will be up soon, sometime within the coming weeks. Assuming we don't go on this uh, fifteen game losing streak, but while we're competitive now, I assume Ellie will be up. If we are competitive at that point, will the Reds be buyers at the deadline? And if they're not, if they're not buyers, so let's say we're still competitive at that point, would not buying be an indictment on this franchise? Jacob, we are so far ahead of schedule. We are. If we sell prospects for three months of team control, I'm not even talking about selling prospects. I think there's guys on the roster that that can be traded right now. I think the all-in way to look at this Reds team this year is. We go all in by keeping guys like Buck Farmer, who has you know has a one five ERA, free agent at the end of the year. Usually teams, trade him for teams a, always need relief help. A mid average prospect, but you go all in this year by keeping Buck Farmer on this Reds team. You know guys like that. Well, this team and it would have been twenty nineteen have very similar records, and that team went out and bought Trevor Bauer. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't completely knock, but that was a buy for the next year. Yeah, he, he thrived in twenty twenty. He had another year of full team control. Then he you know, was a free agent. We obviously let him go. But I think if you're going to look at us, the Reds being serious buyers, I think it's for guys that are underperforming this year and we think could really help the team next year. I'm not even saying going all in. I'm saying get a reliever, maybe getting one more starter. Shane Bieber is going to be dealt at the deadline. I'm not saying we can get Shane Bieber, but if you package, I don't know, if everybody loves to trade Jonathan India now, trade India. Trade India and Senzel for Bieber. Obviously, nobody would take that deal. But I'm just saying some, something, something like that. 
I think it's I think it's a possibility. The St. Louis Cardinals don't rebuild. There are teams that don't rebuild. The Reds rebuild. We've normalized rebuilding. We've rebuilt three times in seven years. It's horrible. If we are competitive at the deadline, I'm not saying go all in, but get a couple pieces like we did. I think we got um, Sessa. Who else? Justin Wilson we got at, at the deadline with uh, Castellanos, 2021. Just a couple guys like that. I'm saying go a little bit in. Not all in. Just like a quarter of the way in. Just like put your toe in the water. When yeah. You dip it in. It's like a 75-degree yeah. yeah. day, and you want to go in the pool, but you don't really want to get all the way in. Yeah. You're like, how hot is the water? Is it a heated pool? Yeah. Like the swim trunks The swim trunks aren't on. You have just like regular shorts on, but you're at the pool. They can get wet a little bit, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think a little bit in. I think we can go a little bit in, but that's only if we stay hot right now. I think that's the worst possible scenario. I would agree. I agree. We either need to go all in right. or let this – amazing farm we have right now do its thing and get up i think I, I think going half in half out is the worst thing we can do the cincinnati reds are the only team in, in major league baseball to not advance in the postseason since the year 2000 2000 they have not advanced in the postseason sucks it's an indictment on the way we've been doing things now obviously this is different nick crawl hashtag get crawled he's been doing things better I, I'll, I'll admit that fully but if we're competitive at the deadline with August, what is that? So there's, would, there would be two months, three months to play after that? I don't know. I think, I think there's a chance you can go a little bit in. You know, I'm not saying sell prospects. We can look at the guy, Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman's the hottest guy on the team right now. I think he's, he's 12 for 24 in his last seven games, Kevin Newman. So I, I'm not saying you're going to get anything good for him, but you can certainly get something for him. Give me, give me a decent reliever. Our relievers have somehow pitched well. I don't know how. They've pitched well until, like, last night. They'll have these blow-up games. But Hergert, had, I think, had, like, a two ERA before last night's blow-up. Well, let's not, let's not get trade-happy here, right? Like, no, what is, no. what is what is What does trading Kevin Newman for another bullpen arm add value to the roster? you got to look at it. Are, how are you going to add value? Like, if you're going to buy, what are the deficiencies of this team? Where are they? Starting pitching. Starting pitching? pitching. So getting a reliever ain't going to help anything. The only way in which the, the Reds actually will try to do something at the trade deadline. And I'm just being realistic because they're probably going to do nothing. If anything, they're going to sell. The only way in which they bring talent in is via trading major league. You're not going to trading prospects is a, is a no starter. Can't trade any of the prospects because that's as Nick Kirby put in the chat earlier. That's what leads to rebuilds. When, when you give away your future, that's where, you'll look down the line and go, all right, well, we got to start this all over again. So trading prospects is a no. The second thing is, is where do you get value? And the only place where there is a need for, you know, an incessant need for value is the back end of the starting rotation. How do you get that? Well, you're going to probably have to trade some of the talent. And I'm telling you right now, Kevin Newman ain't going to get anybody better than Luke Weaver. No. The only, the only way that this makes sense is... The pieces that you mentioned earlier. And it's back to the same conversation that's been had on Twitter. The same reason that Kirk Herbstreet got in got in this Twitter spat, which is you got to trade value for value. Jonathan India has a lot of value. If you want to get rid of him, you got to bring back an arm with some control for, for future years. But I, at this moment in time, I can't see the Reds pushing for anything. And the whole dipping your toe in, as, as you illustrated earlier, When in, when in life do you get anywhere just given a little bit of effort? 
right? That's a fair point. When in, the, in, in any aspect of life, do you just kind of half commit? Nowhere. So you either got to go for it or you hang tight, you believe in what you're building, and you just ride these teams out. And if anything, you, you, you trade the pieces at their peak value, like Jonathan India, Nick Senzel, whoever's been um, rumored to be traded, and you see what you can get back for it. But I don't know. What's Paul? Hey. Paul Crack. Hey, AJ Worst, the Will Myers. Maybe we can deal Will Myers for a bag of peanuts or two. <laughs> I mean, what a bust. Because that was the idea. Yeah. That was the Kevin Newman Just idea. Just trade too. him. Brandon, Brandon Drury Good got. Lord. Oh, what a what a trade. Victor Acosta is playing great in single A. Yeah, that's that was the dream, right? Yeah. Had some success the with Brandon Drury. Best trade we've made in the last couple years is probably Tyler Naquin. Hector Rodriguez is. OPS is well over 1,100 in single A. Who'd you guys get back for Tyler Malley? Uh, was it Ma steer and CES. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take it yeah. back. Yeah. I, I yeah, rescind. Yeah. Okay. I and Tyler Malley tore his Who'd you guys get for Suarez and Winker? Williamson. Been okay. And Fraley? Fraley. Yep. We got Marte for Castillo. Marte's tearing it up. I would have ra rather had so, so So the trade that you Luis said was the best trade that the I'm Reds have made the probably is probably back four. to like five. I'm taking the Naquin trade over the Castillo trade only because Naquin was leaving at the end of the year anyway. Like we had two months of Tyler Naquin anyway, and we got an 18-year-old who's Naquin. a top 25 prospect in baseball right now probably. Tyler Naquin was great back in the, 26, back in the 2016 World Series. God, I love Tyler Naquin. He played great in that he had, he had, That was the inside the park home run game, yeah? Or wasn't that the season he hit the home inside the park home run? That's Tyler Naquin. I'm, I'm almost confident. He, lift, he, he did the fist pump after he did it. I, I can't be wrong here, right? He made a terrible defensive miscue okay. in Game 7 yeah. of the 2016 <laughs> World Series. Okay. All right. I'm That's thinking why we the wrong thing. That's why we love him here at the, at the old desk. All right. Before we move on from the Reds, any other parting, parting thoughts about trading, about where they're at in the season, about this series against the Brewers? Any other final parting thoughts? Yeah, it feels like 1990. <laughs> it really does. It feels like 1990, wire to wire. How how fun? How much fun did you have in 1990, Elliot? I wasn't born yet, unfortunately. I I was born in 1999, so that would be nine years. I haven't seen any any type of success with this Reds franchise. Zero success, negative success. I've had this conversation about being a fan, and and this comes in a large part from being a, a diehard Cubs fan. Is people like to allude about the Cubs' 108 year gap? But in the, the time that I've been a Cubs fan, the Cubs have been very good, right? I mean, they made the postseason in 03, 07, 08, and then they had the, the span of three straight NLCSs making the postseason four straight times. Can you claim, like, as a fan, where do you claim, right? Do you claim what you've seen as a fan? So the Reds' success was all before all of you guys were born. The Reds, for your lifetime, have not been very fun to watch, though they have a history. But you personally didn't get to partake in that enjoyment. So as a fan, I, I, don't, I don't know, I guess, the, the correct words in which I should phrase this question. As a fan, what do you get to claim? Do you get to claim the entire franchise? But you didn't get to partake in it, so what are you claiming then? Uh, the invention of YouTube... <laughs> leads me to a definite yes on I get to claim it all. I've watched point, the 1990 actually. World Series. I've watched 75. I've watched 76. Feels like I'm there. 
So, Does it? So I'll tell you. You know what's going to happen? When, when the Reds are losing 100 games a year and I can throw on the 1975 World Series, it makes it a little bit better. It makes me feel good that we've had success, but I certainly don't claim that. It, and it goes back to the UC Xavier debate. UC fans like myself right. will claim the national championship from 1960. The, the final the four. The back-to-back. Yeah, the final fours. But I, I personally have never seen anything. Xavier has dominated the Bearcats in every way for the past, what, 20-something years, 23 years. So I certainly I would like to claim it, but I don't think I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. I, I, I'm happy that it happened, but it, it, it didn't happen to me. So that's how I, that's how I look at it. I, yeah, I think this is the point that I've always, I've always tried to make as a Xavier fan defending the, the no Final Fours, as a Cubs fan defending 108 years. And the Bengals are getting there, but the Bengals have never really been that great. I, I, I guess I, I can just my, – my, bounce back whenever someone tries to make fun of me for my fans is like, listen, I've as me a fan, I've had a great time. It's been a lot of fun. The Bengals weren't a whole lot of fun, you know, losing in, what was it, six straight playoffs, first first round of the playoffs? Yeah, that was brutal. That was not a lot of fun. That was brutal. But the Cubs have been a great, have been a lot of fun. The Xavier's been, you know, a great time. So I've always pushed back, like, what have you experienced? Like, when my, when my dad starts making fun of me, for my Cubs fandom, he he it. I mean, he was 15 years old during the Big Red Machine. He was 16 years old, so he was in the prime of being a fan, right? But when when you know when you guys when you three start making fun of the Cubs, you guys don't really have a whole lot of don't have a leg to stand on. Is is the whole point I'm getting to? Yeah, but that's a poverty franchise. It's still poverty. Yeah, it's still poverty. Mm. A little bit poverty, no? Mm. Well, Are, if you think about it, the Reds and the Cubs have won the same amount of World Series. Yeah. Okay. The first one was given to them, right? <laughs> Let's pump the brakes on this. 1919, they were just like, the team literally gave it to them. They were trying oh, to lose. That's debatable. So the fact that you guys hang the banner at Great American Ballpark is, right here, is ridiculous. Just just hide that thing. Because that is, I mean, when another team is literally giving it to you and you're like, look, we won the World Series, get out of here. You know, win shit. You guys, you guys were so disrespectful to Steve Bartman. I, I'll, I'll never think of the Cubs the same way. And won the World Series back in 03, so they're not. <laughs> and then 1940? 1940, the world was at war. There was more important stuff going on. Ted Williams wasn't even in the league. Don't count. They started a whole women's baseball league just, just to, you know, have some competitive baseball. And you're claiming 1940, so the first two don't count. I'll give you the big red machine. Go down to Great America and look up on that wall. Tell me if it says 1919 and 1940. It does. It does. But I'm saying, no, 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 no. Who's the poverty franchise for claiming them? Uh, Cubs. Cubs are the poverty. Yeah, Cubs are poverty. Yeah, Cubs are still poverty. Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs' first two World Series happened when the Ottoman Empire still exists. So. <laughs> yeah, so that is is what it is. All right, guys. So big news that happened. Well, before we get into to the Bengals, let's bring up this uh, this tweet. I believe I put a. You're gonna do a little producing here. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Noah Syndergaard. No, tweet. no. Paul, Paul is Paul's on it. Hold on. Paul's on it. The Noah Syndergaard quote. I don't know if you guys saw this. Just an absolutely hilarious quote from Noah Syndergaard. If you remember, Noah was once thought to be one of the best young pitchers in the league because he was. He was on that 2015 Mets team that went to the World Series along with Matt Harvey and Jacob Degrom. Obviously, uh, the Dark Knight <laughs> didn't. Didn't turn out too well for Matt Harvey. And now, after some injuries, we're seeing Noah Syndergaard 
not playing so well. And it's been about three or four years since Noah Syndergaard has been all the way back to 2019. So it's been over four years since he's pitched well. And I'm trying. We're trying to get this quote. I got it right here. I got Ready it. Here we it? go. Here we go. Three, two, two and a half, one, go. <laughs> he said, "I would give away my hypothetical firstborn to be the old me," which is hilarious that that's in his mind. I mean, he said that in a quote. He's like, "I will give up my first child to pitch the way I used to pitch." Guys, would you give up your hypothetical first child to pitch the way that Noah Syndergaard used to pitch? Without a question. Jacob Jr. Just giving away to be 2017 ace. Noah Syndergaard. I'm an ace in the MLB. See ya, little boy. Whoa. Adios. Whoa. Whoa. No family ties for old Jacob. No family ties. No, I would not. That's absurd. That's ludicrous. <laughs> That's ludicrous. He had one good year. Is that right? One, two. Yeah, games. he was good for like three or four years. But that peak is what you're trading your right. That's what your you're firstborn for. Right, you get that. You get to be peak Noah Syndergaard. No, I would not. Would, would you? Would you trade it for to be a peak of yourself right now? Would you trade your firstborn child to be the peak of yourself, Elliot? I'm at my peak. No, you're not. You're we are three years past. You, you, we are three, <laughs> three <laughs> years fair. past. That's fair. That's fair. That's actually pretty fair, Paul. You yes. and Lizzie's first hypothetical child. The answer is a definite no. <laughs> You're not giving away Lizzie's firstborn to be Noah Syndergaard at his prime. Now, you used to pitch for, for John I, Paul II. I did, baby. John Paul the Great. I did, baby. Boy, that was a time in my life. Can you imagine how great you felt when you sh had the shutout? Yeah. You had the five-inning run rule shutout, right? Mm, I had a lot of those in high school. <laughs> Noah, Noah Syndergaard's a one-time All-Star, and he's never won the Cy Young. I take it back. Noel, Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young, so let's let's pump the brakes. Well, Noah Syndergaard's not Nolan Ryan. <laughs> right. I'd like to see where he finished in the rankings because Noah Syndergaard, the highest place he got in the Cy Young Award winners' was votes was eighth. Not ideal. Are, we, not are ideal. you trying to argue to me that Noah Syndergaard was not an ace? Not not really good in the in the MLB. Yeah, I was clearly wrong about that. I he, the four the first four years were pretty were pretty serviceable with a sub three ERA there. Right. But but I mean, he, it's not like he it's not like he was tearing up awards. So I don't know. No, it's a, it's an absurd thing to say. I'll if keep, if you would have won a yeah. Cy Young award, does that push you over the edge? Yeah, it does. You would trade you would yeah. trade the child. For yeah, because a Cy that comes award? with incentives. That's incentive based. How so. many All Stars was there? One. Ah, he's a I'll one, keep my first one, one time All Star. That's his only other award. That's, a, that's his only accomplishment. He's a one-time All-Star. Yeah. I'll hold on to my baby boy for a one-time All-Star. Mm. You give me a Cy Young. <sighs> See ya. Two pitchers who have never won a Cy Young. Nolan Ryan. Cy Young never won a Cy Young. That <laughs> Coincidentally <is> enough. <laughs> that checks out. That checks, that checks out. out a little bit. All right. So recently in news, Zach Taylor made the comment that Joe Mixon – See if I can pull up exactly what he said. But essentially, said that Joe Mixon's going to be the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. And if you've been watching this show, you know we've talked about this for a long time. About two months ago, this was all we were talking about. Was what in the world is going to happen with Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals? He's due about $12 million, which I think in today's day and age is too much for a running back. That has always been my take. I think that's the take of a most rational people. He didn't get a whole lot of snaps in the AFC Championship game, so we didn't even trust him to play in the biggest game of the year. And here we are. We're going to pay him $12 million. And we just drafted a running back. 
we always talked about what was the worst case scenario for Joe Mixon. And it always seemed to be that the worst case scenario was that he stayed on the team for this current contract. Now they had till I believe June 1st to, to cut him. That didn't happen. Is there still room to restructure his deal? I don't know if you guys are well in tuned with the, with the Joe Mixon stuff. Is there still room to restructure his deal? Or are we locked in for $12 million with Joe Mixon as the starting running back? Um, realistically, I think we're locked in. I think he's going to be the running back this year at you know, the current contract. I think if we would have put some pressure on him earlier in the offseason, there's a chance we could have got a better deal out of it. But I, I just don't see that happening anymore. So is this the worst case scenario? Is As Bengals fans, are you behind the Bengals knowing that they could have cut him and gotten that $12 million, knowing that they could have restructured his deal, knowing that they could have taken a running back earlier in the draft, as some alluded to? Are you okay now looking in hindsight where it seems like the Bengals are going to have Joe Mixon for $12 million this year? Are you guys okay with that? I'm okay with it. I, he's a pre, we know what we're going to get with Joe Mixon. He's still a good running back. Obviously, he has he offers nothing in the pass block game, but he's still a, he's still he's still a serviceable running back. I would say he's a top 15 running back for sure in the in, in the NFL. So I'm happy with it. I'm not well. I guess I'm not happy with it, but I'm okay with it. I'm gonna I'm, my my life doesn't really change. Our depth chart in the running back uh, in the running back positions positions not great. Chase Brown, Travion Williams, and Chris Evans. So. That no, would that no would faith be a, in Captain America. That would, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that would be a little bit of a concern of mine. But I, I with Joe Mixon, I, I'm happy with Joe Mixon. I'm okay with Joe Mixon. Personally, I I truly think this is the, was the worst case scenario. Really, I'm over Joe Mixon. I agree. I, I'm over Joe Mixon. Twelve million dollars. Listen, every running back contract has never worked out. Really, and, and the Joe Mixons extension was probably the closest that one has come out at least in the past 10 years you look at Derrick all Henry, two, two, two thousand yard seasons after his contract extension. okay you look at <laughs> that's fair <laughs> you look at the teams that have won the super bowl and year after year it has been a guy on a rookie contract or it has been a veteran on a incredibly cheap contract saw that this past year with the chiefs you can go on back go ahead and look up Super Bowl winning running backs. The last elite running back to win a Super Bowl was Marshawn Lynch. And this was before he re-signed. This was when he was on his rookie deal. Wasn't getting paid a whole lot. And I just feel like you are strapping your team in, in, in a season where you've got a lot of big decisions to make in terms of contracts. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins. In a season where you have this, you can't give up $12 million for a running back you can't even trust in the AFC Championship game. What does Joe Mixon do that is so much better than, you know, grabbing a guy off the scrap heap, letting a rookie go? All the running backs in the league, very few of them are made, make their offensive line as opposed to the other way around. Jacob, Jacob has submitted uh, Exhibit A. Super Bowl leading rushers from the winning team since 2009. None of them have been paid more than $2.5 million, and that $2.5 million man was a wide receiver, Percy Harvin. Not a single one. 
High paid running backs do not equal championships in the current NFL. It just doesn't now that, work. Now that that leading rusher, Percy Harvey. So that's he was the leading rusher. He was the, in the leading Super Bowl. rusher for the Seahawks in that Super Bowl. In that Super Bowl. So Marshawn did not get the ball. Correct. But Marshawn was an elite running back. But he, your point still holds true. If you're a run first team with an expensive running back, it doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't. It seemed like there were so many routes to go down, and this was always the worst route. And, and I don't know what happened. I don't know how it came to this. I think the Bengals are still going to be fine. I think Joe Mixon's still going to play well. But $12 million for the production that you're going to get could be used in so many different avenues on this roster building. I, At the end of the day, this is the last year of his contract. He, if he comes back, it's not going to be anywhere near this money. I guess this is where... I guess this is where we, we, we still are the Bengals, right? We talked right. about this on, on Wednesday. And we, we see the Bengals evolving in real time. We see them do things that they used to never do. You know, the Bengals used to be the laughing stock because you can almost guarantee you can understand what the Bengals were. Out of anything, you can understand the Bengals, right? They, they were never a complex organization. But you started seeing evolution, right? You started seeing them, you know, they, they get the ring of honor and they're doing all these things with their roster and giving people extensions before their, their terms are run out. And they're doing exciting things that other winning franchises have done. But you still see the old Bengals sometimes. And you just, you just want to wring their neck sometimes. You're just like, come on, let, let, let's keep evolving. And the next evolution, the simplest evolution that you've seen successful teams do is don't put too much capital at the running back position. And here we are. They give an extension to Joe Mixon. It's been all right. It's been good. And he had a chance to opt out of it, to use the money elsewhere, and they didn't. At least not yet. I mean, I don't I, I'll willingly admit, I don't know if there's still time to restructure the deal. That would be great if they did. But it seems that it's going to be $12 million. And we move on next year. I just think he's been pretty good. Like, I, 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 like he has outside, been. outside of pass blocking, and you, I, the argument remains the Isaiah Pachecos of the world can always fill in that role. But he's had close to 1,500 yards each of the last two seasons, all-purpose yards. 800 rushing, 450 or whatever uh, this past year, and then 1,200 rushing the year before. I, I don't know if Travion Williams is going to put up those numbers. I don't know if Chris Evans is going to put up those numbers. It's, and, sorry, go, go on. No, you're, you're good. It's, it's not about the output that he's had. It's about that you could have got similar output for a third of the price. What, what would that have option yeah. looked like, though? Well, he wasn't in the last play of the Super Bowl. It was Samaj P. Ryan. Almost that whole drive. He wasn't, didn't play a whole lot in the AFC Championship. So these coaches obviously don't love Joe Mixon. Now, he played great against Buffalo. Amazing he, he, against Buffalo. Great against Buffalo. One of the better games of his career. I'd argue, though, that, the, that that's a, that's a when, when you're talking about the last drive of a Super Bowl with a couple minutes left, you have to be able to pass block, and he's unable to do that. That was the reason he wasn't in. Now, obviously, I would have put him in on the – I think there was a third and one close to midfield – that we didn't get, I would have had him in. But anyway, the point remains. I I, I think that that's a that was a scenario based, not a not a player. If based you're paying thing. a guy twelve million dollars and you can't have him on the game winning drive to go to the Super Bowl, yeah. what are you paying him twelve million dollars for? That's, that's pretty fair. Thing. All I know is Joe Mixon would have dove for the ball. Golly, <laughs> golly, God. Joe Mixon would have dove for the ball. How many times have you guys rewatched that play just to like? Because if you get a different angle, he clearly couldn't have got to it. But still, you rewatch it, you're like, just die for the ball, Samaj. <laughs> well, I subscribe to NFL Game Pass, and I watch that game probably twice a month mm. just to bubble up that hatred. 
I'm not a rewatcher. I'm a big rewatcher. Unless it was a good outcome, then I'll then I'll. Yeah, I don't rewatch the bad ones. I don't rewatch the bad ones. Yeah, the only the only bad that I wanted to rewatch that I have never gone back and been able to find it doesn't exist anywhere. I know it exists, but I can't find it anywhere. Is the 2016 Wisconsin Xavier buzzer beater? Yeah. Edmund. So obviously the buzzer beater is mm-hmm. all over the place. But Edmund Sumner was called for a charge that led to that possession of Wisconsin winning the game on that three-pointer. I've never been able to find whether that was actually a charge or not. And I've for seven years wanted to go back and rewatch <laughs> it. I've never found it. I've never been able to find it. And the guy that does the like like the Xavier historian of like the the fan that does yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, who Nick Kirby actually uh works with on some Xavier stuff. <laughs> he, he he can't find it either. So I think it's just it's just lost to history. I and love the, that. I love that moment. When the TBS that was, archi- oh, that was yeah. a good moment for me. So funny, funny, <laughs> funny moment about that. There was some. There was a Xavier kid. So that was I, that was my freshman year. You're breaking Mouse Cop's heart. There was a Xavier. Oh, I know. Trust me, all of us. <laughs> there was a, there was a. We watched that game in the in the student center, and they had it on like one of those big blow up screens, yeah. you know. And <laughs> so when the shot went in. Some kid took a chair and threw a chair across the room and, like, screamed a ton of profanity. Obviously, like, everybody was pissed off. But, you know, it was it was a lot of, like, you know, the upperclassmen yeah. were watching it. Like, the bars are watching it in their own house or whatever. It was, like, it was a lot of underclassmen that were watching it. Looking back in mm-hmm. retrospect, like, it was a lot of underclassmen. And this dude, just like, a chair just flew across the room. A <laughs> folding chair just flew across the room. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I love fans. Yeah, I love great. fans and losing moments. Yeah, their best their best nature always comes out in those losing moments. Yeah, my family still talks about the way I acted after the AFC Championship game this year. <laughs> I I've I listen, guys. If you don't know this about me, I pout and I pout hard. All my friends, my family, they know if things don't go my way. I pout. And the reason I pout is because you know if I, if it normally has a meaning. And I get my way after it. You know, I'm a spoiled little kid. Effective. <laughs> right, it's effective. So I pouted so hard. And my dad, I was, you know, I was, as Tom said, I got, got pretty tanked up at the AFC Championship game. And after the game, I probably yelled 16 times on the way out of the stadium, does life even matter? <laughs> does, does, <laughs> do we have meaning? And we get to the hotel – after it, you know, we've had an hour to digest, and I guess I was like kicking cars as we're as we're leaving, just like golly, whole night. <laughs> Likes to pout, I love it. Um, apparently, so we sit down in the hotel lobby and turn on sports as we're eating a pizza, you know, getting ready to go to bed. And Sports Center comes up and they start showing highlights of the game, and I guess I immediately like unplug the TV out of the wall in the hotel lobby. And I was like, we don't need to see this shit. (laughs) And my dad looks at me and as serious as he can be, looks me dead in the eye and he goes, is this how you handle adversity in your life? And I I like looked at, I was like, dad, it's just a football game. Like I'm I'm not like just letting you guys know the shtick goes beyond the show sometimes. So I looked him right in the eye. I was like, dad, I mean, come on, like let me do my thing here for a second. But yeah, I, p- I pouted pretty hard. So I'm trying to think back. If we want to go around the room and think of, like, I got a good sad. one. Okay, so well, I've told the story a million times. The last time I cried, actually cried, was when Brett Favre and the Vikings lost. I was a big Brett Favre fan. <laughs> okay. So for you guys that 
Favre. Are this. Good Love guy. Brett Favre. Good so I, the last time that I remember crying was when the Vikings lost to the Saints. Yeah. But I'm trying to think back. Like the the Florida State Xavier game in 2018. So I had broadcasted the Kentucky State Championship game that day and had just gotten back to my apartment with my roommates. And I don't even remember. I'm not going to say like I wasn't disappointed or anything, but like Xavier was winning that game so handily. And then the game just all of a sudden Florida State came back and lost or and won. That was the same day as the UC game. Like there's so much happened that day that I don't yeah. like the Wisconsin game was devastating. The Florida State thing just happened so fast that I don't even remember being that like crushed about it. Just like it happened. Then all the Florida on, State game was bad for the city of Cincinnati. Honestly, what I bad. remember most about that, like five minutes after the game happening, was looking at my roommates and going, Max gone. Yeah. Like that was what I was more disappointed in because I I just didn't like I didn't know he was gone for a fact, but we like we just we kind of knew he was probably gone. Yeah. And so I think that was like I I remember the only thing that I really remember about that game was looking at my roommate and going I think we just watched Chris Mack's last game at Xavier. And then we all just kind of looked at each other and we we're like, "Wow, that's that's it." Yeah, 2012 that's... Nationals loss was bad. That was this that was the red. I mean, I'm just thinking of like what was yours? The 2012 Reds was horrific. We do this like once every two months, too, and I love it. <laughs> well, Elliot and Jacob, we haven't done it with them. 2012 so. Reds. I got home from school, and, and the Giants, I don't know if you remember, Angel Pagan. I want to say Angel Pagan in center field. Or, Is it Angel or Angel? Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm going to – Angel? My bad. My bad. Pronunciation police. My bad. Uh, so I – so, okay, Elliot. <laughs> I uh, – um, I got home from school and I was watching. He, I think he made seven diving catches in center field. Every ball we hit, like we played a good game. Obviously, the the grand slam by Posey killed us. Um, but I remember, I remember going upstairs in my room and I just laid in my bed and I just cried for the rest of the night. The other one I remember. So the UC Nevada, UC. I don't know if you remember the UC Nevada. All my UC fans out there, when we blew a 20 point, 22 point lead in ten minutes. That was brutal. I turned the that game. That was the same day as Xavier yeah, Florida State. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was. it was hours apart. So I have a hilarious video of me. <laughs> so so there's a great there's a great video of me. I don't know if I have it on my phone, but there's a great video of me laughing at the TV. And the last line of me is me like I was very self aware of what yeah. was going on here. So I was laughing at the TV when the final buzzer sounded, and then I turned back to my roommate who was taking the video, and I go. God, Xavier better not blow this one tonight. That's <laughs> <laughs> the line. Then the video cuts off. <laughs> Whoops. I, I the, 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 that loss was. Her, I turned the game off. I was at I was at lunch and I and I, I had it on. We were watching it there and we were up we were up twenty two. I had homework to do. Uh, I think it was a Sunday. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I so I, I I had homework to do. I turned it off. I'm like, all right, easy. We'll, we'll be on to the uh, sweet. That was that was to go to Sweet Sixteen, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I turned it off. I turned it, I got a, a bunch of texts with the last like three minutes and they're like, turn it back on. So I go over and I just sit, I, I'm in a dorm in Toledo and I just sit with my roommate and we just sit in silence as we blow this lead. And we, <laughs> and we turned off and we turned off the lights. I have a couple pictures where I put a bag over my head and just wrote UC fan. Uh, but it, it, it was, that was a heartbreaking one. I have one more story. I, I got cut, I got cut, I got cut from, and this is a little bit different, but it's kind of the same vein. I got cut from uh, the Elder freshman soccer team. Um, my very first year at Elder, it was right before the school year. I was really excited. I was a pretty good goalie. I was back, it was about, I don't know, 40 pounds ago, but I was a good goalie. The issue was I was short. I grew a lot in college, 
I was a very late bloomer. So I was about, I don't know, 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, five in freshman year. And they're like, you can't be a goalie. You're getting cut because you're too short. I got home that night. I'd, I was a big uh, collector of bobbleheads. So I, I had about, I don't know, 40 bobbleheads, ripped all their heads off. I ripped all their heads off, and I threw them out the window. I was so upset. My mom was very concerned. That could be, that could be construed as serial killer behavior, but I did not. I just threw the heads. I ripped all the heads off. I threw them out the window in the, in the yard. I, I don't. Go, I had to go pick him up. I've after. never I, heard of anything like. Yeah, that. I don't. I, I don't feel comfortable seeing you sit in that chair, considering <laughs> what's in front of you. I was upset. I was. I was a bit upset. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been that upset in my life. Is this the only time Marty has stopped bobbling in the last three months? <laughs> he <laughs> He's did. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> He's sorry. not bobbling. Sorry, it's Marty. It's the first time. I'm sorry, Marty. He's always bobbling. He's not bobbling now. Yeah, but those are those are my stories. Those are my three absolutely crushed sports stories. My dad texted me the day that uh, UC lost to Nevada, and he said it was it was at halftime of the Xavier game. Yeah, and he goes, UC blew a lead. Xavier's gonna win. It's a good day. Ah, oh, <laughs> tough. And I just text back. This was what I believed in Jinxes. <laughs> I said, I said, Dad, you just did us in, and Xavier lost. I love your dad's Twitter. All right, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, go ahead. Uh, Super Bowl is easy, obviously, to be the most upsetting one, but... You were there. I was there. I sat in... I, you were I, at the game? I you were at, the, at game. the game? I was at the... I, I haven't missed a Bengals playoff game either the last two years. There's that St. X wealth. Mm. <laughs> you don't see that at Elder or Baden. No. <laughs> we, watch, we watch the or games John with the, Paul the... Great. We watch these games with the regular folk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, we I'm not going to say the Super Bowl, though. January 9th, 2016 is still the worst day of my life when the Bengals lost to the Steelers. Jeremy Hill fumbled that ball. Oh, my God. That Vontez perfect pick, he ran into the end zone. I have never hugged more strangers so happy. in my life. I might have been happier that Vontez perfect pick than the Jermaine Pratt pick. Like, peak happiness-wise, because it was yeah. Steelers. Right. And it hadn't been as long, but it was still it was a long the, it time. It was five straight years, yeah. right? You're just like, golly, we're gonna, we did it. That one sticks out for sure, but... I, I am. I lend myself to being more of a college football fan. Um, two mm. years ago, hopped in the car in Tuscaloosa, drove 11 and a half hours up to Ann Arbor to watch my Buckeyes play the, you know, play the game. Rivalry week. Michigan beats us for the first time in however many years. Go I'm, blue. I'm sitting five rows up. Go blue. In the heart of Ann Arbor. That walk to the car was mm. miserable. Was it worth it? Tears. Tears. Tears? A lot of tears. Oh, I'm a big uh, crier. Oh, big post-game cry. crier. I love to cry. It's my favorite thing. I like how we have emotionally intact group here. Yeah. We got emotionally I mean we we all we all shed our tears. This is me celebrating after the AFC championship game. Let's let's cut it. Uh, uh. Every Sunday is a religious experience. My first memory of watching the Bengals was Corey Dillon breaking the rushing I did, record. I didn't want the tweet in there. This My dad gym. went out and bought the house brand new TVs for the 2005 playoff game. Tears were shed when Jeremy Hill fumbled. This run has been truly surreal. This is me at the hub in Hamilton. That's our video board. Yeah! Zoom in on me in a second. There it is, right there. Look how tight those pants are, guys. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Look at that. Look, look at those pants, guys. Captain Schmedio. That was fun. That was a fun game. God, that was awesome. I just remember my friend after that game just kept looking at me. I don't think he said any other words for like three hours. You just look at me and just go, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Unimaginable. All right. Uh
As uh, Mouse Cop given? Yeah, no, we're all good. And I got the graphics and everything. We're all good. Do you... Are, are we... Are we? Is this how we're ending the show? Before we do yeah, this... Yeah, do we have anything else? Before we... we do this, we have to give out picks. Oh, yeah, we do. So, uh... I'll go ahead and give out... If it's I'll, against the Reds. Reds money line. Reds Brewers. money line. You guys are taking Reds money line. I'm taking Campbell to win the Columbia Regional plus 215 on Betfred Sportsbook. The head coach at Campbell is from Hamilton. so And they've got a good team. All right. they got a good team. I'm taking Tulane baseball to win whoever they're playing. They're playing, who do they say, Paul? Uh, the best team in the country. All right, they're playing LSU, right? Yep. Okay, so they're 19-40. and 40. I believe that's the worst record ever allowed in this tournament. But they beat Houston to advance. So I'm going to go the 19-40 and 40 green wave. I think that's mm -hmm. plus 600. You'll find it at, at, at Bedford. I think somewhere around there. So let's okay. go, baby. All right. All right. Putting on the spot, Jacob? Yeah, I'm going to take – no, I have it. Plus 368, Reds money line over 10. Bats are popping out tonight. Mm. We're scoring some runs. Oh, Reds mm. Manila uh, and day. over 10. And over 10. Okay, okay. Hot day. All right, those boys together. Love it. Balls carrying. It. All right, here we go. Let's go. The honorable mentions. We start off. Chat power rankings presented by Encore Technologies. Oh, yeah. Wait. Hold on. Reed, do it. What? The <laughs> Bengals report is brought to you oh, by. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do, let's do this, right? Gotcha. Paul, you got me on the end of this one? Absolutely. Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized <laughs> yes. and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And then how about our people at Pawnee? Guys, I don't know how if you guys have been seeing this. I, I, I know I'm a chat pariah, so what I say doesn't have a whole lot of weight, but there is a new premium alkaline water. And I got to tell you, this stuff tastes great. Listen, Wednesday night, I play adult league baseball. And it was hot. It was hot out there on the turf. And what I did, I stopped at a gas station, got me two bottles of Pawnee. And we run rule that team. So if you're an athlete and you need superior hydration, just getting that little bit of edge, the superior hydration, the alkaline, it's beautiful. And the thing that... Makes Pawnee great. It's made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. They use natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands like. Look, I'm looking at it right now. Ingredients on this bottle, water. You go mm. to those other alkaline waters, mm. they'll have sodium. They'll have all these different things to, to get you that alkaline, get you that superior hydration. It's all natural right here. And the result is the best tasting alkaline water in the world. Visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. All right, let's do okay, this. here we go. Oh, one more. We got, we got Trace Fowler found some Pawnee yesterday. We did. Yeah, right there. I'm serious, guys. If you take a picture of you buying Pawnee Water and tweet it at Chatterbox Sports, we'll 100% we'll post it out because we love to see supporting great water, and it really is great. Reds game tonight, concert tonight. I got some Pawnee water in my Saturday morning future. Y'all, absolutely. absolutely. It's superior hydration. River's Edge last night, 90-proof twang. Had the, had the entire amphitheater packed right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Guess what they were drinking. They were drinking Pawnee's. Amen. All right, let's do these chat power rankings. What do you got for it? All right, here we go. How low am I, Mouse Cop? <laughs> here we go. All right, honorable mentions. I th so Elliot and Jake are honorable mentions. He says, wanted to give or wanted to be fair and give them more than a week under their belt before giving them a rank. Jake... I think he means Elliot. Jake, are you a Clifton boy too? I'm not. Okay, so he yes. means Elliot. So that was me. 
Okay, so I'll update that. Update for the log. Elliot being a Clifton boy, however, will always be detrimental. So that's honorable mentions number one and two. That seems fair. You guys, I mean, okay. Jake, Jake you've been here two weeks. Elliot, this yeah, is your yeah. first week. So that's, so. that's fair. That's fair. Number, the, the only other honorable mention, very important one, Adam Kunkel. <laughs> <laughs> Northern Kentucky boy who knows how to ball would be remiss if he isn't mentioned honorably. The thing, the thing that I can't take away from Adam Kunkel is that he plays the game the right way. And that's what you could always say about Adam Kunkel. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number six. It's absurd. Seho. I guess the podcast life is better than hanging with the boys from 10A to 12P. Fair. Hmm. Do you want me to comment? No, let's move on. Okay. All right. Paul? Trace. Five, sorry. I was I was I was working on it. I was working on it. Number Trace. five, Trace. Electric, but again, not good enough for box lunch. And he missed a dunk this week. He on did the Reds post game I love show. how he put the Georgia. I like how he's giving their collegiate alliances with with the ranking. I feel like Trace is a little low. I have to be like on a dishonorable. There's no way that I'm above anybody you else. You can't be top five. Uh, there's no way I'm above anybody else. No way. Let's see where we go with this. All right. Number four. This is actually funny. <laughs> Tom, solid performance, but missing a day in an already short week isn't going to look good when compared to the rest of the competition. Now, Tom, Tom had a good reason for for missing a day. We miss Tom, and you know he's with a yep. with a community. Yep. All right, number three. Paul. Paul's number three. Paul will always be number one in our hearts, but let's be honest with ourselves. Thursday was a tad bit rough with the tech. <laughs> we all know BLP is not a Mike and Sticks guy, but sometimes you got to step up. <laughs> you can only go up. It's true. To defend Paul, he was also training me. So he was doing like five things at once over here, and he was while he was training me to well, do this. Sometimes you just need to look behind the curtain, and we yeah. had some fun yesterday. Yeah. yesterday I think was yesterday's fun. show was elite. It got me through the drive to Evansville. That was, that was good stuff. That was good stuff yesterday. Okay. Number two, Kirby. I'm not even in the rankings. An, <laughs> an astounding performance on OTV on Thursday, along with solid performances on Chatterbox Reds, has been flying low and is about time he gets his flowers. Who else on the staff has a Nick Cage pillow? What a treat. Exquisite. Great use is, of is exquisite. That, is, that a Paul, is that a Paul? It is. Is that a Paul Easter egg right there? Great, great use of exquisite. And that leaves number one. Is it Reed or Casey? Who got no, left off on. the rankings? Let's, come on. Let's about this. <laughs> it's Casey. Oh, Sorry, shocker. Reed. The boy is now a man. While he probably still makes a stink list, I, Mouse Cop, would be doing a disservice to my duty by not putting him at number one. While he's number one in the rankings, he is single no more this Saturday. Congrats on the <laughs> sex, Casey. <laughs> Congratulations, Casey. That is, it is awesome that we're seeing my man, Casey. So, I'm not even in – I'm not even brought up. So, Reed, you did not even – you did not even make the rankings. He didn't even give me a dishonorable no mention. Graphic? There is no dishonorable mention. That is worse. There is than, no graphic. That's worse. Like, at least if I'm dishonorable mention, he's thinking about me. Like, at least, like, you know what I'm saying? You know when your coach reprimands you, like, he yells at you? At least he cares enough. When he stops when he stops yelling at you is when you're done. Just doesn't care. It's a mouse cop. I'm sorry that it's gotten to this point that we're just inconsolable. So, in in – Taking a page out of the Reed Mouse playbook where he would put the Chatterbox employee of the month at the at the bottom. Yeah. The chat or the the 
Chatterbox personnel rankings will be the first Friday of every month reviewing the last month. So today's June June 2nd. So we I like that it. was kind of like yeah, from yeah, May. I like that. So the first Friday of every month will be the Chatterbox personnel, and the last ones will rotate who does the chat yeah. rankings. That's how I figured we should do I've it. I've got to get Chad Waits in charge of the chat power rankings. <laughs> i got to get Chad Waits in charge of the, the personnel you, power rankings. So Chad Waits has been paying us off. You need to pay off Chad Waits. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, if you don't think I am. Casey, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Chad Waits does watch. He's been gone a while. He, so he watches and or listens to the show later, I think. I don't know if he does it every day, but he did at least. He got a new job, and he's he burst onto the scene, then he got a new job, and now he's kind of been MIA, at least live during the show. Is Chad Waits a burner? Is I'm, Chad Waits not real? Is Chad Waits Tracy Jones? I'm not 100% convinced that Chad Waits is not a burner. Tracy Jones is in that chat, I'm convinced. Speaking speaking of Tracy Jones, I was watching yesterday, and Tracy Jones comes on, and the first thing he says, he says, is Reed over there? And I wasn't. (laughs) And, I like, whatever happened after that, it diverged off of. He had something queued up for me, (laughs) and I'm so nervous as to what it was. No, no, no. I think he got back to it. I think he wanted your take on the chat GPT baseball rankings. Oh, yeah, which, by the way, Tom was making a big to-do about Adam Dunn. Adam does the second best Reds hitter in the he in the past twenty five years. What? He struck out a lot. Hit home runs and got on base thirty six percent of the time. I'm with you. I'm just saying that's Nick Kirby was pulling out OPS comparisons in the chat yesterday. I thought I thought Griffey was too high. Griffey was three. Anyone that talks about Ken Griffey the Red most of the time is talking about Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey the Mariner. Right. Like it's not Griffey was great his first year for the Reds. Right. And then one comeback player of the year, what, no six? Other than that, not a whole lot from Ken. I do remember the 500 home run counter. I, I remember going to games and seeing that like for a year and a half because he would never get there. I think he, <laughs> he, he, he worked his way up to it slowly. But that was, I, I, that was an electric factory at the Reds game when he got it. Yeah, so, I, I don't think that he was, we I, were there. Actually, I thought but. that like a Scott Hatterberg might have made it. I thought maybe a Todd Frazier would have made it. Like, there's a few guys that I thought yeah. could have been there. So... Uh, Chad Waits is a real person. I forgot about this because I was not at the bachelor party yet, but Chad paid That's a right. significant amount of money to Casey for the bachelor party, and Tomas FaceTimed him. That's so right. Chad is a real person. I forgot about that. Chad is – because we, we had had Chad the debate. We had had the debate whether Chad was a burner account of somebody else, and Chad – I forgot. Chad is a – I have not talked to him personally, but Chad is a real person. We know that. All right. Okay. So we got that cleared up. Uh is is there anything else from the? T- I'm I'm just kind of looking at the chat. I think you know people what makes, like the rankings. You know what makes me happy as we're as we're rounding out this show in in Mouse Cop leaving me off the personnel rankings, <laughs> is that at least in one person's mind, Mouse Cop and me will be forever linked, and that is Tom because he was convinced convinced that I was the player formerly known as Mouse Cop. I don't know if it was the Xavier Phantom. I don't know if the fact that my last name's Mouse and Mouse Cop. It, I just didn't know what the associate was. Tom was convinced for the longest time that I was Mouse Cop. So in his mind, the two were always linked. And I'm still not convinced that Tom isn't, isn't fully out that I am, am not Mouse Cop. No. <laughs> they, there, are, there are definitely burners in the chat. We know that to be a fact. There are definitely burners in the chat. What I want to figure out is who 
Tracy Jones is? Because we don't know. Unless you guys know, and I, I don't know. But he there, has to be in there. Tracy though. Jones, we know he Tracy. watches the show, right? We know Tracy watches the show. We know he watches the show. Does he comment in, and what's his burner? How we get this is we make a Tracy Jones burner. And we start spewing off stuff that Tracy wouldn't say. And we, we smoke him out. We smoke out Tracy Jones. It's whoever defends Tracy Jones with the <laughs> whoever defends the Tracy Jones burner. So we thought Tracy was George Santos. I don't I think we I think we <laughs> I think we kind of figured out it wasn't. But maybe maybe we were wrong. But the the thing I was going to say about that is we just got to figure out who is in the chat because Tr- George Santos has commented when Tracy has been unless he's really on the show the, unless he's good. Pulling the wool over our eyes yeah. as Tracy would say. <laughs> I think there's a chance Tracy's leaned into this all the way and is, like, commenting while he's in the interview. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we know that George has commented while the interview is going on, so we got to figure out who is who is consistently in the chat that is not in the chat on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1130 to noon. I've... I don't know. Or Tracy, maybe maybe he just watches and doesn't comment, but that a- doesn't seem like a Tracy Jones thing. Right. Tra- AJ puts in that Tracy's burner was Sharon Peters, and that was true. Or was it? No. Was it not? No, oh, no, no, no. Tra- Tra- Tracy, I know who Sharon Peters was. It was not Tracy Jones. Oh, no. I mean, well, there were actually, there were two Are Sharon you doing Peters. PI work behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah, I know who Sharon Peters was. It was not Tracy Jones. But there were two Sharon Peters. Neither mm. one of them are around anymore. Sharon Peters was Sharon Peters. Yeah, I don't know. There was one of them I know for a fact who it was, and it was not Tracy Jones, but it could have been the other one. I don't know. Uh, Any other housekeeping things? We'll be back Monday. Tom will be back. Yeah. Box Lunch will be back on Monday. Yep. We'll we'll be talking about how the Reds performed against the Brewers. We'll be talking about how Xavier performed at the regional. Good luck to the Muskies. Hopefully, Hopefully you're not here Monday. Paul will not be here Monday if, if the Muskies make it that far. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I would I would like to be doing a regional final game on Monday afternoon, but we'll see. Uh, well, actually, things went really well. So you'll be brought. You you do the broadcast for it if if. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh. not just going down there to like be a fan. Oh, really? Like if yeah, there was actually a discussion last night <laughs> we were having with the the Xavier SID. We were talking about the rights to do the games, and I was like, I'm not driving all the way down there overnight after Casey's wedding just to, like, go to the – like, I'm going to call the game with Mike if I'm going down there. Do, like, social media content, stuff like that. So, okay. yeah, I'll work it if I'm going nice. down there. I'm not nice. just going down there to, to watch. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, good luck to the Muskies. So, we'll see. All right. Good luck. Good luck to uh, the Bade Rams going for the regional championship tonight. By the way, I saw that Elder one, but St. X was not in the regional championships. So. We're playing in the championship for lacrosse, state championship. Oh, so, so focuses. The, so the secondary springs. Reed, what? Reed, what is the? Uh, what's the update on Bade? I saw they won last night. I was following. They, won, they along. play the regional championship tonight. Where is that? Out at Mason. I'm going to go. They play Chaminade Julian. So uh, the the Division One and Division Two. Regional championships are between Catholic schools, Moeller versus Elder and CJ versus uh versus Baden. CJ famously had what president go to the school? Oh, I have no idea. United States president went to Chaminade Julian. Anybody know? Give me a year. Uh was the president? Yeah. No, year of graduation. <laughs> oh. Well, he was the president <laughs> from let me pull this up so I get the correct numbers from nineteen ninety nine till 2006. That was the president? What? Yep. Well, would it? Could no. Have been, could have been 2006. Yeah, 1999 to 2006. He was the president of the United States. 
Has anyone in the chat got it yet? What? Are you saying 1999? 1999 to 2006. So that's George? It is not. It is Josiah Jed Bartlett on the TV show. The West Wing. Martin Sheen. <laughs> Martin oh Sheen went to. Okay. So it was a shtick. It was not. He was the president. <laughs> Martin Sheen. Charlie Sheen's dad went to Chaminade. And he's Josiah Bartlett. I'm glad you brought this up. So I was. The West watch, Wing's great. Lizzie and I were watching London Has Fallen the other night. And uh, Morgan Freeman is the vice president in that movie. Right. Who, Those movies are ridiculous, by the way. Who, oh, they're so <laughs> just over they're the top. They're ridiculous. Over the top. But always a good, like, need an hour and a half fine, to pass yeah. time. Watch your phone. Top, yeah, yeah. Not, not really paying attention. Look up what, for an explosion. What actor would you vote for as president of the United States that has played the president that you feel like has played the president well enough in movies or whatever that you're like, that guy's got it. Like, he oh, has been question. the president enough. That like it feels like Morgan Freeman has played enough presidents that you feel I'd vote for Morgan. I'd vote for Morgan Freeman right now. Now I'm not all the way caught up on Designated Survivor. Keeper uh, Sutherland. Keeper Sutherland's hell of a leader. That's a leader of men. Have any of you guys watched The West Wing? No. Not enough. My my dad loved that show. So it's I, gotta be great. Your dad loved that show. My dad loved that show. Oh, it's great. It's great television. Yeah. House of Cards rocks. But House of Cards rocks. Oh, we are not voting for Kevin Spacey. I'm gonna keep Spacey in my back, but I'm not gonna say Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> we are not voting for Kevin not Spacey. Not saying Spacey. Martin Sheen. My <laughs> read thoughts. Kevin Spacey is my favorite actor. <laughs> he, he's a great actor. Great actor. I I had that take before everything came out. And Usual like, Suspects, phenomenal movie. He's a. Uh, I love. Um, what 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 is it called? Uh, American Beauty. American Beauty is one of great. my favorite movies of all time. Kanye West is my favorite musical artist. Me too. So I pick winners. Is what I'm getting at. I pick the winners. Essentially. Yikes. Yikes. Kevin Spacey. Oh, Alex Wallace with a great submission. What do you say? Randy Travis from National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Reed is a creepy guy. Crappy guy. Crap, that was mean. That was just straight Cause mean. Because I, like, I think Kevin Spacey's a great actor. Like, that feels... Yeah, but it seems like you're a little too excited to say that. <laughs> like, there's this, there's like, you're like, yeah, I, you know, Kevin used to be a really good actor. I really enjoyed his work. Well, Kevin you, Spacey's my favorite actor, man. Listen, like, I you made would love his, You would love... You haven't seen his deep stuff yet. <laughs> the deep tracks. Early the, 90s Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Here's the thing about Kevin... Here's the thing about Kevin Spacey is, like, when I like, like, a an actor, a musician, I wear it. Like, a, the, the Cubs, uh, Kanye West... Zach Bryan, like I'm very, like I let everyone know. I very, I very much own that. And that was me with Kevin Spacey. Like he made a movie. I'm like, dude, Kevin, Sp I gotta go see this new movie. I love Kevin Spacey, love American Beauty, love Usual Suspects, love all the shows, loved House of Cards. And then when it came out, every, like I got texts from everyone. Be like, hey, you picked a winner there with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> so it became a joke, like Kevin Spacey's my favorite actor. And I still own it. Like I still enjoy his work. It's just, you gotta. I liked gotta... how you lumped, I liked how you lumped the Cubs with those guys there. I like, <laughs> I like that. So you, you, you know, Alfonso Soriano is watching this right now and he's furious with you. It, furious with you. Have you seen how big Alfonso Soriano is? Yeah, there? I did. I did see that. No. Dude is a unit. He's jacked. Yeah. Absolute unit. I mean, he's humongous. Paul's on the case right like now. Like he's bigger than Mark McGuire taking steroids. <laughs> he's he's not, taking obviously steroids not the, still. Not, not that yeah, he's probably yeah. on steroids. Like not that height. Like. He looks like he could come back in the league right now. He does. Oh my god. Oh yeah. He's humongous. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. 
Go look up Alfonso Soriano now. It is ridiculous Whoa. how big he is. Yeah. It's not huge. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it. We've, we've tried right. to wrap up the show for the past 20 minutes and we keep. Well, hey, we're having some fun. We it's said a before the show, I, we walk in and I, I let everyone, like, got nothing prepared. So we're going to, we're just going to shoehorn. We're just going to fly by the seat of our pants a la Chatterbox style. And we got enough people in the room. We can talk for two, for two hours. And Paul kept asking, he's like, how long is the show going to be? And everyone just kept going. However long it is. So apparently it's an hour and 36 minutes. We thank you. This has been Off the Bench. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Congratulations to Casey. We'll tell you about his wedding when we get back on Monday. See you guys. Thank you for being on.